Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dyer here, aka Captain Brunch. Being joined as always with co host Destin Soul Glow Frazier. If I wanted zombies, I'd just watch Fear. Or play Fear if you're in the right decade. True. But this isn't what we had in mind. That being said, it is May 16th, 2022, episode 456 of Talk Brunch Live. This is officially the WrestleMania quote unquote backlash 2021 post show. And yeah, there were zombies. Spoiler alert. I hate to jump ahead like that, but there were definitely zombies there. I don't think that all of you enjoyed it. Now, call it now. About two years in the future, Ezekiel Jackson is going to be the last champion on Raw. (laughs) Were you watching the ECW thing? Yes. (laughs) I didn't, you know, I I paused it to, to get on here, but I know how that story ends. So I was thinking, yeah, that's yeah, be because because of the ECW thing. Yeah. <laughs> you could, and to think about it, that's how it's going to end, isn't it? Not, well, I don't even need to watch the rest. Not thanks to you. The, the last thing is Ezekiel Jackson was the last champion. Raw's got two ECW. years left, all right? And then it fades to black. They're going to have a show. It's going to be called After. It's going to be a weird game show. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen, but. Oh, that is too much. Thank you to everyone listening across all of the live feeds at TalkBrunch.com and, of course, Twitch.tv slash TalkBrunch, Facebook.gaming slash TalkBrunch, and all of the podcatcher and digital podcast providers like SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, and all of the fabulous other ones. What an evening. So, I'm, I'm not disappointed. I mean, the zombies is probably all anyone, anything's going to ever really talk about, right? Unfortunately, because it was just like, why? And ironically, that was a Raw match. Not surprising. Well, there you got. There's always something. It's because you know what it is? I've learned about WWE. They don't know how to do promotional stuff. Interpromotional stuff, they don't know how to do. They're the kind of people that their creative team just wants the bullet points. And the bullet points sometimes isn't good enough. You know, like imagine if no one knew what the Avengers were and they had to get known through WWE on Raw and they asked like for bullet points <laughs> of what this Avengers thing is. And they'd be like, well, you know, it's a guy in an iron suit, Thor, the God of Thunder. Like, um, like think about in their heads with their creative mind, like if they didn't bother to read a comic or watch, because that's what they do, essentially. They're just giving a few bullet points on what it is. You'd have like a dude, like it, it would look like they got their costumes, like like Halloween costume. You know what I mean? You'd have like Thor, <laughs> you know, like literally Greek mythology, like, like Norse mythology style characters and shit. You know, like that. that's the problem. They don't really know anything because we'll get into the zombie thing later. But I'm just starting to realize cross promotion is not their thing. That's the reason why I had that bad Smackdown, the throwback Smackdown. The simplest thing in the world that's solved by just running a fucking commercial. Not their thing. Yeah, well, I mean, for cross-promotion, you got to do more than that, but we'll get into it. Just remind me, because I will will forget. If you ever hear something silly that happens and it doesn't get brought up here, it's because I literally block that kind of shit out. By the middle of this, I will not remember zombies. 
Oh, I'm we talking about that. <laughs> How we talking? I know it'll come up no matter what. But as always, because we're not going to be able to talk about it tomorrow, we will cover anything relevant that happened on SmackDown leading into this show, which was uh, the Roman promo. Ro- Roman. I mean, every, every single time we have a pay-per-view, we have to talk about Roman Reigns and the promos that he does. Right. You know, simply because they're, they're that good. Like, he's that excellent at his promos. Let me queue up here and see if I could find the proper spot for this. I need to call this fucking show Friday Night Roman promos because I swear to God, like, it's the most verbal part of the whole show. It'll start to happen. So he's still trying. These guys are still try, trying to persuade uh, Jimmy over to the dark side, and he's not buying it. Uh, and I really have to say, I was worried about the Jimmy character when he came back. I was thinking to myself, ah, he's going to get lost because now Jay's really found his groove. I can tell them apart because one of them has personality. <laughs> That's sort of what happened with the Bellas. You know, I started to say, oh, look, I noticed Nikki. She has moves, you know, and she also speaks. So that's sort of what's, what's happening here. But then I'm, I'm looking at uh, Jimmy and he's doing really good. Yeah, Jimmy. See, the thing with Jimmy is Jimmy always had personality. It was always Jay that was in the background, unfortunately. But now yeah. we're seeing the same personality out of both of them. Yeah, exactly. And like, I got to say, really see, I was the complete opposite. I was never worried about Jimmy. Yeah. And I got to say, uh, I do like the part of this promo where he gets under Roman's skin and he makes like a lot of sense here. I want you to listen to this. I don't know if you caught when he got like, cause I, I like that he, he pisses him off with this. I don't think you can beat Cesaro. So let me guess you can, right? You can do it. You, you can do what I do. You can, you can fill my shoes. No, 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 no. But together, me and Jay can. Yeah. Check this out. What if we won the tag team championships, Oos? And you lost your universal championship, Oos? Don't that make us head of the table? I mean, technically, we the tribal chiefs, right, dog? Pull two. That's not how it works. <laughs> That's not who you are. That's not your part. That's not your position. Oh, Understand God. this. I am who I am, and you are who you are. I'm the head of My the favorite thing is, is look at Heyman's face when he does it. Yeah. Check this out. What if we won the tag team championships? Oops. Hey, look at Heyman in the background. The universal championship, Oops. Don't that make us head of the table? I mean, technically, we the tribal chiefs, right, dog? Pull two. That's not how it works. That's not who you are. That's not your point. That's not your position. Understand this. I am just like, why the fuck would you you say that? I'm the head of the table. I'm the (laughs) This is so interesting. The stuff with uh, stuff with these guys with Paul and with Roman. I just love that Roman gets hot. That puts the food on the table. I'm the one that carries the burden of this company. I am the face of this company and responsibility that you could never handle. So good. I just love how it's the complete opposite of Brock, where like Paul is genuinely afraid of Roman. Yeah, and they work good together. You got to go back and listen to this yeah. uh, this entire promo because they work really, really good together. You know, as far as uh, just uh, just their whole interactions, I've really loved and uh, the whole sarcasm of everything. It's like we're not going to have no one. Fox doesn't want Cesaro. You think Fox wants Cesaro? Uh, that's very condescending stuff like, like that. Damn. Uh Again, we're only going to talk about things that actually pertain to the pay-per-view. So that being said, the world, uh, the SmackDown women's title match happened on SmackDown, obviously. And it wasn't on the pay-per-view, so we're going to skip over that. That's something for us to talk about tomorrow night. But yeah, definitely wanted to talk about the Roman stuff because 
obviously that's going to connect to things later on. Also, same thing goes with uh, did they did, did Medal of Honor ceremony for Aziz? Yeah, there was no there was no Biggie stuff in this, right? Yeah, there was not. Well, let me see. Uh, I mean, oh. Biggie showed up and fought, but no. But what I'm saying is on on backlash, no, nothing backlash. Oh connected. yeah, no, no. no so we'll talk about that. Was on the line at backlash. It's so funny when you really look at it, you know. Uh, Both the mid card titles weren't on the line. They did a little bit of stuff with with the with the dirty dogs and uh, the Mysterios to try to lead into the whole thing with them going over the baby faces going over leading into the pay per view. Uh, what else? What else? I mean, yeah, that's oh, it. Wow, yeah. holy crap! They managed to have a, cat, a SmackDown that almost doesn't almost don't really need to cover SmackDown aside from the Roman shit. There's nothing really yeah, here. I mean, you had Jimmy versus Cesaro at the end. You know, it was a good match, but Roman interferes, so there's really not an outcome there. You know, Roman and Jay wind up jumping Cesaro, and then Jimmy gets on the apron. Cesaro super kicks him, and then uh, Cesaro winds up hitting Jay with the neutralizer twice, which I noticed Jay always gets these terrible things, like where he gets swung around while Daniel Bryan is doing a promo, or he's getting hit with finishers double times, or just picking up the body. You know, and it's just like, yeah, you are. You're definitely loyal. You're definitely the bobbity to his boo. Damn. <laughs> you go. We, we know how that story ended. Don't you put that evil on him. Yeah, right. I shouldn't. I feel. I, I feel kind of bad. Punched on that off on that television. Yeah, no, you're right. I actually feel bad now. Like I, I had no business going where I did. <laughs> I don't know. So we had a kickoff, and uh, this was completely unplanned. They ad libbed this. This was just kind of like I guess they all just got there and were like, "What should we do?" And it's kind of like when you meet with friends. Kickoff. It's kind of like when you meet with friends and you have an objective. Well, all right, we're going to be at the movies at two. I already got the tickets. Got this got that. You got the Frenchmen and the snacks. Let's go. Or when you just pop up you're just gonna hang out what do you want to do i don't know you anything on tv <laughs> that's how that's how they handled the fucking that's how they handled backlash because i i would say i was sitting here i was here nice and early today i was like you know what i'm feeling good nice and early getting stuff accomplished uh let's see what's happening and it's like the first time i'm ready before them like all right where are the matches you guys are gonna switch around come on add a match there's only a few on here any second now or i'm gonna look away and look back <laughs> there no I'm going to hit refresh. There was not nothing. They did nothing. They finished Raw like we did and then closed their laptops and went to bed and then just lived the rest of their week because it feels like they got to the office at the same time we did. They didn't put anything. And and I guess Stasis is less desensitized to them than I am because uh, like, she's already going to just throw something out there. They're going to have somebody do a promo and they're going to throw somebody out there during the thing. So when it came out, I figured, I guess we're not having a match. And, and lo and behold, they throw somebody out there to do a promo and just throw them in the thing. Last minute stuff here, which we will get into. But before we do that, there actually were interesting things in the dialogue. Did you catch some of the stuff that happened during this uh, kickoff? I caught a few things here and there. Yeah. What about the Kayla stuff? The Kayla stuff? I did not catch that. Okay. I'm going to bring this up and I'm going to share it to you guys in the chat. I need Kayla to keep being nasty. She was nasty to her. To freaking Sonya Deville, and it just came out of left field. Yes, this I caught, and it was great. I remember. All right, we are back here, the WrestleMania Backlash Kickoff Show, once again joined by Sonya Deville, which is only appropriate considering that considering that it's kind of your fault that things have turned out the way that they are. That triple threat match that you, of course, added Charlotte Flair to. Are you proud of yourself uh, the evening of? Wow, that's <laughs> my fault. With all due respect, Kayla, um, I think that I made a match worth watching. I think that Charlotte Flair, being a 13-time former champion, has every right to be in that spot. She did miss out on a WrestleMania opportunity. so random. She's proven time and time again why she deserves to be in the title picture. Is Rhea Ripley 
a force to be reckoned with, someone who's up and coming, just like Bianca Belair, that has showed and proven that she deserves to be here. She's our champion, of course. That doesn't mean that we just write Charlotte Flair out of the picture. She knocks on the doors. She grabs the brass ring every single time she deserves to be here. It did seem like you got, I'm not going to use the word bullied, but you, oh. did, you did, well, she did seem pressured, though. <laughs> or was it a bribe? Peter. That's what I'd like to know. Guys, guys, guys. Nothing wrong I, with taking I, a bribe. I run the I, show. I've done, yeah, I have no problem with that. I, it, listen, I, admire I don't that. judge. I don't judge. I don't either. I run the show as well as Adam Pierce. He makes decisions I don't agree with all the time. I make decisions he doesn't always agree with. I'm just doing my job at the end of the day. What does that, um, you know, say to the locker room? I mean, all the ladies that don't get those kind of... Uh, benefits of being Charlotte Flair, get put in those positions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, come on. I mean, what does that say for your leadership doing something like that? I hate that notion on Charlotte Flair. Does she have the last name? Yes. Does she have an attitude occasionally? Yes. But at the end of the day, this is a competition, and Charlotte Flair shows up time and time again, and she has valid arguments. She deserves to be here. In my opinion, she deserves to be in the title picture. Now, and until I see otherwise, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I see as fit. As much as I want to crush Sonya for this just because I like getting under her skin, I will say, you can't argue with the result. We are getting oh, come on. Stop talking. Tonight. But, like, to Booker's point, though, she literally attacked a, a referee the week prior, got suspended, and then all of a sudden can, can be in an incredible headlining match. I tried. We all make mistakes. Kayla, I can name about five right now that you've made that I've let you slide for. So let's not go there. We've all made mistakes. Wow. 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 And, and, and we move on and we become better from it. And one tonight, mis one mistake is letting her on this kickoff panel. Seems like <laughs> that's rude. I'm still your ball. Uh, <laughs> okay. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> okay, you Whoa. know what? Can we break down the match? Let's, Let's break talk down about the match. the match. Okay, we do know that Charlotte Flair has been added to this match. There's a lot of there's history between Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. So I, I'm kind of curious. More interesting is, than the promos is, with the guys. Is Rhea going to be more focused on Charlotte over Oscar? Like who is she? Going it almost seems like there's some reading between the lines hit. in this next part. Listen to some of the stuff that's what said here. What I was here. trying to accomplish last week when I gave the the singles match to to Oscar and. Rhea was to smash the tension so it can be a fair triple threat match where everyone is just focused on the title, on the championship. What the hell? I mean, how many times have you seen a fair triple threat match? I'm with you on that what one, Bush. That I'm match? with you on that one. I, I want everyone to be focused on the goal at hand, not these personal agendas against each other. I want people to be focused on the championship. But for those who don't know, a triple threat match does mean that you do not have to be pinned in order to lose your Correct. title. And so... I don't know. For me, that feels like maybe that allows people to focus on some personal relationship issues other than the big picture. Exactly. They, but they got uh, something is so fishy around it here to say, you know, you, you, do you feel it? Like, were they still talking? Are we still all, I'm, I'm just asking, like, are we still all talking about backlash? Like, after that whole beginning snub part happened and they started talking about not letting personal affairs and agendas get in the way, I was like, are we still talking about, uh, the triple threat match? <laughs> Charlotte Nascunship? When you're talking about all these personal agendas and, and hidden motive, you know, it's just kind of like, wait a minute, I don't I don't know if I'm I'm following anymore. I just love how well <laughs> Kayla backed her up into a corner and Sonya could not figure her way out. I I thought that was crazy, right? I was like, wait that a minute. That was awesome. And I've seen that shit happen in person. It is amazing. That just felt like one of those those arguments that like a couple gets into when they're around other people and they're saying shit to each other, but you don't know what they're saying. You don't know what it's about. I was just kind of like, well, you know, I just kind of feel that personal stuff shouldn't be coming up right now. People's personal agendas. Anything that happened or may or may not have happened on camera. <laughs> it was like, wow, that was awkward. Just happened to catch that. Uh, what else? What else did this? Oh, okay. Uh, also, in this kickoff, 
the dirty dogs, of course, jump Dominic. I don't like that they try to make Dominic look like a bitch that he's flinching and stuff. You seen that? Like, why are you flinching? Yeah, flinching like, well, it's only Ziggler. That's probably the reason why. It's not like it's anything important. That's probably the reason why uh, they, they want up hitting you because they were, you flinched. If you want to flinch, then maybe they wouldn't have. Oh, looks like Dominic is getting ready. Yeah. Oh, uh-oh. Hey, Dom. <laughs> What's up? Guys. What's up? Not going to wait till later. But, hey, hey hmm? get no problem. Yeah. Go get ready. Go yeah, find your dad. What do you think? Go ahead. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just messing with you, kid. Get him. Get him. You notice that and we're joking about this. I'll wait till later. I'll wait till later and I'll have my fun with Ziggler and Rube. Ready for tonight, kid? You guys certainly are. You're dressed all snazzy looking. Looking like you're supposed to matter. Is that what you're calling for Halloween? We see you out there. They had a they had one of those days where they smelled the coffee early on a Saturday and they were like, you know what? Let's go to the mall. You guys feel like doing some shopping today? Chase some tail at the mall, guys. Yeah. There's a sale on his and her There's a sale on his and her leather jackets. <laughs> <laughs> which one is which one's her? Because <laughs> I can't tell what this team. That's where the mystery is, right? Which was the, they went for the his and her sale jackets. They just came in fresh. You want to get this team over? You change the name for the dirty dogs to his and her. They they were, they were feeling themselves. <laughs> That's what I love about that team. That they're feeling themselves all the time, even when no one else is. Right. I guess that's the very definition of being a heel. Oh man. Oh, God. Poor Dom, though. You gotta mess with poor Dom here. Anyway, so now, and who? This is probably the longest we ever spent talking about a kickoff. Sheamus comes out and he just announces that he wants to be challenged. Which? So um. Mm-hmm. Which I'm gonna just say now before we get into this, at this from this point on until that title's on the line, I'm just changing the channel when this fucker comes out. I'm tired of these nothing matches. Oh they yeah, Sheamus does have a Sheamus does have a title, right? Yeah, he's United States champion. Oh yeah, yeah. I almost forget challenges that are non-title. I keep forgetting. You know, he's he's had the title hidden so well. That's a good strategy as a heel. I'll just keep doing open challenges. But I won't put the title on the line. No one will notice. Whenever they ask where Sheamus, they'll be like, he's out there having a match. He's a fighting champion. He's technically champion, United and he's States fighting. Title. He's, the he's fighting champion. a champion. He's not necessarily defending it. Because, you know, it worked. The proof is it worked. Until you pointed it out, I didn't notice. I just haven't thought about the U.S. title. Very smart, Sheamus. Very, very smart. Maybe they haven't thought about the U.S. title. Everybody just forgot. Kind of like that time that Moxley left it in a car. It was like, whoops, shit. We're going to have to write that out until we find out what cab service that was. Who knows? So they decide that they're going to have uh, Ricochet, who clearly he's going to job. They haven't been doing anything with this kid, right? He hasn't been on TV in months. Like, I have no reason to be excited and think that Ricochet is going to win an exhibition match. And apparently now he wears slacks and tapes his hands, so it's supposed to be like, he's a badass now. No. Doesn't work. Maybe, like he, maybe he decided to, be, to wear tacks. Yeah. Or whatever slacks. I don't know why... Uh, or maybe he just wasn't prepared with his attire. That's also a possibility, right? I mean, going to go on here and take a quick look at Ricochet. Considering how little they do with him, he doesn't have much time to not be prepared. So. 
Yeah. So yeah, there he is. Oh yeah, th- th- dude, this is not him. What he wears now. This was definitely someone who didn't think that they were going to be on the show. Wear wrestling in their pants. <laughs> this was not um, a, a change of image. That kid probably had. I mean, how would he have known? He just didn't travel with his gear. I'm going to say that probably doesn't look good. If that's what happened, assuming that what happened, they'd be like, always travel well, you with your gear. Or whatever. Uh, you know, you know what this company. This was their image change. What they decided to do? Image change to wear fucking pants. I yep. I don't think so, man. Considering we had zombies tonight, I believe it. He you told, see zombies on pay per view, <laughs> anything's possible. Stacey thought he was going to be part of her, but after all this, finally he joins. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, so he looked he looked decent enough out there. He also, I believe he hit the, was it him who hit the AJ Styles Springboard 450? Look at um, the standing shooting I star. So, yeah, yeah, because that is a move that he and AJ just happened to share. Yeah, the Springboard yeah. Moonsault there. Yeah, it looks good, you know. Yeah, I've seen from his Instagram. He has been working out. So. I mean, what the hell else is there for him to do? Exactly. Nope, there is no over. You know, there is none. Not at this point. I don't think there'll ever be another, uh, or at least anything anytime soon. So that was the uh, that was the end of the uh, kickoff. They actually had some interesting content. They're all non-advertised. Maybe they should just wing it more. Just play heads or tails. Might be for the best, right? Mm. But then we get the opening of this, which again, cross promotion was a gimmick here. So Dave Batista is doing the opening because they're they're promoting what is the name of that movie again? It's Army of the Dead or something like that. Army of the Dead, which we tr- we played the trailer here a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so they're having Batista, who's the star of that movie, do some sort of a cross promotion style thing here. Bring this up real quick. WrestleMania. That's what it's all about, right? The biggest stage. The biggest opportunity, the biggest moment. Legacies are built on those moments. But listen up, champ. It's just that. A moment. Understand this. What you possess is coveted. And that puts a target on your back. Trust me. See how they're putting in these clips and stuff where they're showing the uh, the movie. Which, again, we're going to get into the zombie thing later. But I just want to remind you guys that are watching this that in this trailer, those zombies, they're like conscious. They're almost like sentient beings in the sense that they're picking up guns and they're moving like... They seem more like they're mutants. If you've ever played any post-apocalyptic games like Fallout or Borderlands, they seem they come off more like they're mutants as a result of the environment around them where they have zombie characteristics. But you're not going to be wielding guns and shit like we're seeing in this trailer and be a zombie, per se. You're not going to convince anyone that ever plays, like, any video games or anything or that watches any movies that something that comes at you just because it has an undead appearance. If that if that thing's taking cover and popping out and shooting you with an assault rifle, there's a bit of a line there, in my opinion, as far as zombie and, you know, strategy. <laughs> That's not a zombie. It's not exactly, yeah, that's how I kind of feel. That's like they're, they're incorrect in the in this thing. I don't know. This, it's just an incorrect perception. I just want you guys to keep that in mind as we go into uh, the rest of this. But, yeah, they did a Batista thing where they're advertising the pay-per-view. Uh, what else? What else? So then this brings us to the Raw Women's Title Triple Threat Match. First official match of the card. Rhea Ripley defending her championship against Asuka and Charlotte. Voting results come in with 86% of you in the community saying Charlotte will retain her Raw Women's title. 
Fourteen percent of you saying. What did I say? I'm saying the Rhea Ripley were ten. I'm sorry. Fourteen percent of you saying Charlotte will upset, and uh, none of you think that Asuka is going to win it. Not one person was convinced of that. That being said, Rhea goes over in this match. Finish being Rhea going off with the Riptide. Charlotte wasn't even involved in the finish. She's on the outside for the finish on the apron. So, I have to say that is probably the best looking Riptide I've ever seen her hit. You mean the the Road Dog finish? <laughs> okay, we don't talk about him, right? <laughs> that's what that is. I always say I, I was actually that's what I had in my notes here. I kind of wish she wasn't using the Road Dog <laughs> Road Dog finisher. I'm, just, I'm expecting her to like do the pump at the end, the pump of the, the doggy style hard. Oh my god! I almost <laughs> want to see her do it just because it makes me laugh. But <laughs> a pump handle slam's not a good finish. I mean, she makes it look good because she's huge, but. I don't know. Yeah, that's the reason it works for her is because she's big for her. It's like she's one of the taller women in the locker room. I think. I think there's only maybe like two or three women on that whole show that are taller than her. But she got Oscar up there on this one. I don't think I've seen her get somebody up that high for a rip. Yeah, I did also. While speaking of some elevation here, I like that double team uh, superplex that they wound up hitting Charlotte with. Yeah, it uh, started uh, as what was going to be a superplex. Then Oscar couldn't get the Tower of Doom off, so she's on next best thing. Go up and just send them both over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this looked really solid here. Good bump. By the way, shout out to uh, Charlotte's design. That's actually um, a Cruella DeVille under Dalmatian's um, concept. Yeah, you guys in the chat room, or one of you mentioned that it looked like she was doing something um, behind uh, Cruella DeVille, like Charlotte came out in Cruella DeVille. Yep. That is pretty dope. That's what the movie was. looks interesting. Cruella DeVille outfit. The movie looks interesting, better than the zombie one. You see what you're saying? Like, it's a high bar. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> we have a whole bunch of zombie fans out here giving us heat and shit. Like. Yeah, now we have... I mean, we already did have that, you know? The, the Impact fans for a time. They don't count. Yeah. Other thing, Charlotte hitting that moonsault still scares the shit out of me. I know she's good at it and there's never knock on wood been a botch, but well, all the, just the elevation, the danger involved in hitting that thing. It's crazy the way she comes down. Uh, yeah. yeah my, own, my, really... my only issue with that ever been is I just wish she'd land more on everybody rather than just kind of skim off. I, I don't know how... Yeah, no, sorry. I didn't mean to actually hit that. That yeah. was my bad. Because that's, that's what scares me about that move because I'm like, mm. If you hit enough of somebody, that's one thing. But if you just, like, brush off them, there's nothing slowing you down <laughs> when you hit the ground. So. Yeah. Now, there was some really solid stuff here. Um, you know, as you're looking at here, you had her come in with her, Oscar with her signature drop kick, And uh, this was what setting Rhea up to go to the outside for uh, her to then send Oscar out there. They're all setting up for that crazy moonsault spot. So then I started seeing everybody on the outside and then Oscar hitting that, uh, that sliding knee there. I was like, oh, boy. This is it. We're going Every for crazy. Every pay-per-view, she gets that one. Yeah. Which is good. And that's something I have to point out here, that I like the fact that there's a difference between the quality of the matches that they're having in regular weeklies and the pay-per-view. Like, this definitely is a pay-per-view quality showing here, you know, and everything. Yeah, Charlotte literally has moves she only pulls out in either the pay-per-view or, like, the high-ranked matches. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, that was one of them. And every now and then, she'll hit different variations, like corkscrews and other kind of stuff. Like, see, watch. Right there, see the way she just skims off of them. And I'm like, mmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. Really cool stuff with that uh, part. Her. Just scares me every time. Like I know she's never not she's never gotten hurt off of that, but it's just like if the wrong thing's behind you, you're just going full speed. Which is the the, the scary part, you know, as far as uh, 
It's like I understand Charlotte's one of like the bigger girls, but it's like somebody catch her, please. Like, don't just let her skim off like that. Yeah, and she was good when when her move set is is very good for when someone when when someone's gonna try to jump you or when you wind up in a two on one match because she really made an effort here with doing things that complement that. She hits a double superplex on them at one point. Then there's the double chop blocks when she manages to go under both of them when they hit the ropes. Double chop blocks, and when they're both crouching from the recovering from the chop block, she then comes in with the double natural selections, and then she pins both of them. Double moves in her arsenal. Yeah, and then she pins both of them. Like she stacked them both, and she's pinned them. Which I believe it was—I don't know if it was if Gray's out there or Cole, somebody, whoever. No one pointed out the fact that this was a pin on both opponents when she kicked out. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was very solidly done, and uh, just her whole stuff here looked really good. Definitely set the tone uh, for pay per view quality, as far as that goes. Oh, yeah. That being no mm-hmm. that being said, Charlotte—they they got a post interview up of her here. We'll check out in a second. Excuse me, Charlotte. After going into this match, the triple threat match, so confident that you were going to come out the Raw Women's Champion, what's your reaction to this tough loss? I'm still confident. I didn't get pinned. I didn't tap out. So I didn't lose. I'm still the opportunity, and tomorrow's a new day. Thank you. Thanks so much for your time. Short and sweet. Short and to the point. Yeah, no mindless rambling. Just, hey, on to the next. Mm-hmm. And Rhea Ripley also had a posting here let's check that out Rhea Ripley congratulations on retaining the Raw Women's Championship tonight here at Wrestlemania Backlash against Asuka and Charlotte Flair two of the best female superstars in the world now is this proof to the women's locker room but most importantly Charlotte Flair why you are the Raw Women's Champion (laughs) first of all Sarah I told you so and yes, I mean, it does prove to everyone in the locker room, and especially Charlotte Flair, that I am the Roman's champion for a reason. I came into this, this division and I took over. And that's, what, that's what my plan was. To be completely honest, that's what my plan was this whole time. And if Charlotte wants to call herself the opportunity, I just proved to her tonight exactly why I am the opportunity. But, hmm, let me just think for a second. She failed at her opportunity tonight. She failed. I was the one standing in the, in the corner, over the top of her head, holding my championship up at the end. I'm here to stay, and this is my role in this championship, and it's going to be on my shoulder for a long, long time. Now, if you'd excuse me, I'm going to go wipe this stuff off. Congratulations. Ooh, lashes so, in her face. That's some fucked up shit right there. So, well, what do we look like? Is, is Rhea a heel? I'm not sure. She's either a heel or a really arrogant face. I mean, I don't see anything baby face about that. Even to be arrogant, like well, that yeah. was crazy. Yeah, the yeah the lashes, in the, the blowing of the lashes was heelish. That was huh. the whole promo felt a little heelish. I guess that's why they, they put her heel turn on. Her heel turn was on and, YouTube. And, and the way, well, yeah, they they had her heel. They they basically confirmed that whole thing with Oscar was a heel turn. But even the way she was fucking with Charlotte at the end of the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You, you so they, you're, like you're right. They did sort of fucking with Charlotte, like bitch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. They sort of did set the tone with that. Look at that, man. Huh? Because I always wondered. I always figured the whole thing with her and Oscar was like, oh, of course they got fire WrestleMania. But it's like, no, they. Uh, this was kind of like I guess the coup de grace. The whole thing was like, yeah, this girl is a heel now. So that might be better with her. It does. It it does fit her a little bit better because I mean, when she first showed up, she was a heel. Like when she first won the NXT UK Championship, um, she was a heel. So she, our heel, does fit her a little bit more naturally. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, with a face, she can pull it off, but you can see her trying a little bit more. But with a heel, it just flows naturally. It's kind of like the thing we always said. Some people are just natural heels or natural faces. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All right, well, let's see where this goes. I'm interested now. I think that, uh, oh, yeah. that, that can definitely help. Uh, with Sasha, with Sasha, I don't even know if they were both. It was sometimes it was hard to tell when Sasha and Charlotte were feuding. You know, because they both <laughs> see, do such with, messed up stuff. With Sasha, for me at least, it's a little bit easier to tell because Sasha has a level of confidence to her. So she's either a heel or she's a really arrogant face. Yeah. But there's not that big of a difference with Charlotte and Sasha when they turn. Yeah. Where like with I mean, Bailey, it's like Bailey was like literally like mm-hmm. Bailey and Carmella, they they were literally day and night. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was, was like almost like they just completely and, different character. It was Sasha and Charlotte. It's either a heel or just a face that is the most confident thing on God's green earth. Yeah, it's like almost like which if you really look at the history books. The people that last the longest in this business are the ones that when they turn from face to heel, the only thing that really changes about them is their opponent. You know, the Triple H's of the business and the Stone Cold Steve Austin's. Rhea Ripley sort of is that, where it's like, it didn't really feel like it was different. We had to ask ourselves if she was a heel. She didn't come out with her hair dyed. She didn't come out with different lipstick and skulls and shit. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, it was a subtle thing. And those are the best turns. So for her, because... when she feuded with Shayna and NXT, she was a face. But she was a face that I think I remember the first thing she ever said to Charlotte to Shayna is, "You've beaten everybody, but you haven't beaten me, bitch." Like she's uh, clearly a face in that moment, but she's confident as all hell. I find that whenever somebody finds a good heel persona, that that's the persona that they'll carry back over into being a baby face permanently. Anyway. You know what I mean? So that's essentially, like when you look at Orton, he, he's basically, his heel turn is just being a babyface version of that, you know? And I kind of feel the same way when it comes to characters like her, where it's like, the, the, it's just basically doing it that way, which is kind of smart. I feel like Asuka might even be kind of a similar thing, because when the Kabuki Warriors were still a thing and they were heels, it wasn't really too much different from how she well, is now. It's just different people she fights. Well, Asuka, I, it's funny because I was actually, you actually took the words out of my mouth. That Asuka's a good example of a difference with uh, with that happening. A little bit more like other guys that have happened to like maybe Hunter Hearst Helmsley to Triple H, but not as drastic because the first version of Asuka, the babyface version, when she turned heel in NXT, was like 100% different. It was a 180. And I remember because I'd never seen her shuffle around the ring like that and flail her hands. Like, I'd never, ever seen anybody do something like that. Like, her first heel turn, if you, I don't even remember who it was, was against, but if you go back and look at NXT, like, I remember she just kicked the shit out of some girl, and the girl's then down on her knees, and then she's just kind of flailing around the girl, like, in a circle, like, flailing her arms around, like, if she's having, like, her own little parade that only she's in going, ah, 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 and she just kicked her one really hard last time and just put her down. I was like, oh, shit. I've never seen that before. And then that permanently, like, she just stood that way like even now like when she became a heel it's just that fa- it, when she's a face she's just that heel Asuka in her mannerisms so like the, the heel mannerisms usually carry over and I kind of feel like Rhea um, did that as well because in the beginning she just looked like a Charlotte clone she had like long blonde hair and she just had a baby face persona and then they turned her into this in a way you know or maybe she turned herself into this I don't know the backstory to it I didn't watch all yeah, the I think it was more network um, shit her, but they just kind of backed her on it yeah we're very smart you know you don't want to look like just somebody else yeah Whereas now this girl stands out three times over. Mm-hmm, exactly. All right. 
So, next we have the SmackDown Tag Team title match. The Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler, and Robert Roode defending their championships against Dominic and Rey Mysterio. Which, when they announced them, they still didn't call them the Dirty Dogs. No, they really don't. Uh, voting results come in here with 50% of you. 50-50. There it is. Nobody else is completely crazy. up in the air. Right? It's all crazy. Uh, Ryback's fans do these votes. Something off here. <laughs> yeah, no, right fan, they'll be very, very unbalanced, as a matter of fact. Uh, winners being Dominic and Rey Mysterio going over in this one. Who would have thought, huh? I mean, I oh, thought I'd actually predicted that, that, so yeah. That was great. Dom goes so, over rude with the frog splash. So, uh, thing, um, I actually thought about earlier in the day, and luckily, Dominic and Rey winning added on to it. Dominic Mysterio just joined a very, I think, small class. He has now joined Becky Lynch and AJ Styles in superstars who have won their very first WWE championships at Backlash. Hmm. Yeah, Becky Lynch became the first SmackDown Women's Champion at Backlash, and AJ Styles won his first WWE Championship at Backlash. Not bad, not bad. That's interesting. Uh, So... I don't want to rain on the parade here, but there are parts of this match that almost made no sense because it felt like it, it sort of felt like Ray was getting his ass kicked for the first half of this match without Dom there because of the jumping that we showed you guys earlier. So Ray's in there by himself. Um, at one point, Ray does that sliding seal shit he does and he winds up getting super kicked uh, by, by Ziggler. But the thing is that when Ray is handicapped in this match the whole time. Ziggler was selling better than him. You know what I mean? You would think, like, if you just tuned into this late, you would think that Ziggler was the one that got his ass kicked. Because the two of them, <laughs> right. they have the advantage. This, You know, Dominic's not out there. That's the whole storyline. And, of course, Ray being a veteran and a babyface, there's going to be points in their ass beating where he gets spots in or gets a counter and offense and stuff. But the thing is, Ray, let's not forget, is an older guy. And he's still out there against two somewhat younger guys that are kicking the shit out of him for a while. So his, whenever he hits a reversal, that shouldn't be like enough to turn the tides the way it was. But go back and watch. They would hit him on all these double teams and shit in their corner. They have the corner advantage. And when he gets one reversal, Ziggler's fucking selling like he got hit with four finishers. Sometimes he's like upside down in the corner. And it's like, what the what happened? Ray's just out here by himself, bro. Like, are you going to be okay? <laughs> I was I was teasing in the chat room. Run it back, like calm it down. I was teasing the chat room. I was like, somebody should check on Ziggler. He might need help while while Ray's in there with two guys. I was like, this whole two on one thing's been really hard on Dolph. <laughs> Wait, is he the one? No, he's the two. You know, when he finally tagged in Root, I was like, oh look, he managed to make it to his corner. <laughs> <laughs> Like Ziggler sometimes has to someone has to remind him not to always sell. I'm like, why am I? Why? Like, I shouldn't be worried about you. Like, like you guys down, aren't. Like you, you guys aren't doing this heel or this tag thing right. If you're, uh, <laughs> if you're trying to crawl to root. This is Survivor Series when Sting debuted again, dude. Back it down. It's entertaining because right now, as much as I enjoyed the pay per view, WWE is clearly going through a damage phase. Things are not quite what they should be, and that commentary team is one of those things. That's be, it's almost like if anyone's ever seen Mortal Kombat Annihilation, it's Mortal Kombat Annihilation or Street Fighter Jean-Claude Van Damme bad. It's so bad or, or the room bad. Like, it's just so bad that, I, that I'm happy for it. You know, like, I'm having fun. At one point, what's that guy's name again? I don't even know these people anymore. Pat McAfee. No, wasn't there another guy? Like an Indian guy out there or something? Or am I wrong? I'm thinking oh, of somebody else. what's his tips? I don't fucking know his name. 
It, well, I think it was him. It had to be him. Yeah, this was but, uh, yeah, that was him. Yeah. So Dom comes comes limping down the ramp, right? I have a question for you, Des. I need you to be completely honest with me. When Dominique comes limping down the ramp, were you shocked? Like, did it no. blow your mind? Like, when you saw him, you were like, like, did you, like, you expected Dominic to, you thought he was done after he got jumped? I figured he'd be back. Me too. So I that guy. I suplex stadium like four times. I figured he'd be back. That guy, the reason I like him is because he reminds me of, like, if you show a relative wrestling that's never watched it before. Because Dominic's slipping on the ramp, and this motherfucker goes, the dirty dogs have to be so confused by Dom's appearance tonight. And I'm like, yeah, they probably like, did Ray have another son that we didn't know about? Who the fuck is that? Who's coming up? I don't, I'm surprised that that distraction didn't make them just lose the match right then. They're just so confused. Well, look, look who it is, Dominic. What's he doing here? Like, what do you mean they're so, they, they must be so confused? Why would they be confused? No one else has ever been confused when they've kicked the ass of a tag team partner and they come limping down the ramp. They usually just laugh and go, look, there's the guy whose ass we kick limping down the ramp like he's going to be able. What do you mean he might be confused? <laughs> he's not going to be confused. I think you're confused since you're new here about how this whole thing usually happens. So for you, and he comes back. I think you're emp- I think you're em- empathizing your own emotions onto them in a way because you're fucking surprised. Since you weren't here the last time something like this happens, which is every month, you're the one who's like, man, I'm shocked and confused by his appearance tonight. <laughs> this is a regular thing, my guy. We were counting down to see how long it would take. Because I was thinking there's no way anyone in the ring is shocked and confused that he limped down the ramp. <laughs> but I like that guy. He's fun. And we're not even done having fun with him yet. Because for the zombie shit, that was bananas. You need to watch the zombie thing twice. Once for the zombies and once for him. <laughs> Cause that guy, he has very. He's the only oh thing he didn't make me punch a hole through the laptop screen. Is where to go. Oh man, he's fun. He doesn't know what's going on. I feel like in the future we're gonna hear how stoned he was during this whole thing. <laughs> so you probably have to be to give that shit. Oh man, um, what were your thoughts overall? Not really spots or anything, but just overall so, on the on the match itself. The one thing that Ray did in this match that bothered me mm-hmm. is Dom's. On the apron, ready for a tag. And Ray won't tag him. And I'm sitting there like, he is thoroughly whooping your ass. You have clearly seen that your son can take an ass kick and tag his ass in. Well, they're playing the angle off that uh, he's worried about his son's condition from getting jumped before. But in doing so, you're letting them jump you both. Because he jumped him outside, not jumping you inside. And even with that level of success, Ziggler's still the one selling. <laughs> look like Ziggler. Look at this on the screen. Like, how come these guys even rude? Why are you crawling to get him? You get like, come on, nothing happened to you. So then Dom has to get himself tagged in. Now my issue with this match is it didn't feel earned, and that doesn't mean that it couldn't be earned. I don't know what was. This was just booked poorly. Dominic gets his heat back when he tags himself in, and I notice a brief tagging of Ray and then Dominic and again, but it just didn't feel. Like they fought like afterwards when this match was over, they talked about how they fought and fought and fought their ways back. And I kind of feel like that's what should have happened, but not what happened. It really didn't feel like they fought and fought that much. It felt like Ray got his ass kicked for a longer time than the match. It felt like Dominic got his ass kicked backstage for a pretty long time, at least maybe close to the duration of the match. And then it felt like when Dom came back, he kind of made short work of them. Like the way Power Rangers would putties. It was like a few brief like encounter and then they went back to lunch. It was weird. It was like, wait a minute. 
I thought there was going to be this big comeback, but not really. He kind of, he's going to be okay. Like, he's going to get to go hang out tonight if he has plans, you know? <laughs> I mean, he might, he just needs to shower. He'll be fine, actually. So, that, that, I thought that was just a strange way to book it, you know? Yeah, but. Like, it fell shorter than it needed to be. Like, the second half of this match, the comeback part for Dominic felt like that needed to be extended a little bit more. Yeah, just a little bit. You could give me a little bit more on that. Like, I didn't think that was the finish. But, I mean, hey, I'm happy because now we have an actual tag team with some actual credibility with these titles. And not fucking job one and sign a contract two. Yeah, I mean. Like, we, like, we was... might actually see the championship defended within 83 days this time. Yeah, well, hopefully. I mean, they don't seem to be too into defending anything now. I would have liked that match to have a little bit more flavor, especially because, you know, Dom can go. Yeah. That's what's kind of bothering me with them. Like, what what the fuck have they been doing with this kid? He, We've clearly seen him steal the show on multiple occasions. Why are we just letting him just do random little nothing matches where we're not seeing that ability we clearly saw in his first match at SummerSlam? They might just be poor with time management. Poor with a lot of you fucking know? things. I guess. That's the only thing that would make any sense to me. They just aren't good at managing time. <sighs> no! no front splash! Pinpoint. The fuck is this? I thought this was the Mysterio celebrating. No! Oh, I see. It's the it's the other Mysterios. It's the uh, it's the kid. That's how they have Aaliyah Mysterio. They have Aaliyah and the mom just on that on that shitty whatever that that awful show was that they do. They just have them via satellite. They have them Stone Cold Skype. You ever watch that thing? Which, by the way, if you have Peacock and you like after the pay per view's over, just turn off the live feed because it's going to put that that whole ridiculous thing on and then you go over to the uh channel section and it'll go to whatever's actually playing because that thing's not part of the network that's part of peacock yeah i i I don't watch that shit yeah so this was just a mysterio celebrating the win i thought that this would be okay so wait a minute wait a minute we we do there is if you skip all the nonsense um you do actually get them there awesome let's take a look <laughs> What's up, guys? How you doing? I just wanted—I just wanted to you. read. I, I, your family's here. I just wanted to, you guys to share this moment together. Oh my God, baby Angie, I love you. Aaliyah, my princess, I love you too. Thank you so much. Always, you guys are our number one supporters, and uh, we're on top of the world right now. We wish you were with us. Las amo. Love you guys. That's pretty cool. Tell Murphy we said hi. They forgot, but I didn't. But like, oh, that's freaking cool. Like, first of all, the probably Ray's even said the biggest moment in his career, and what a freaking moment right away for Dom and his first championship win. Like, he mm-hmm. gets it with his dad. Like, I saw a picture. Somebody put it was a side by side. It was those two after the finish to a Ray and Eddie ladder match, and to see how young he was then, and to see now all these years later, the kids sitting here is one half of the tag champions. Of course, mom is crying. Thank you. Gracias, mamá. Gracias, mucho, gracias. Los, los amamos mucho, mucho, eh? Love you, girls. I love you guys so much. Get out there. Love you guys, love too. Guy. Yeah, good for them. Now they need to get them back in the storyline. That's not just bringing the via satellite, right? Are they lagging? I don't know. We're lagging, aren't they? I mean, that's not WWE. You know, that's that's probably worse. Oh, God, I forgot all about I'll that. I'll never let it go. You know I won't. <laughs> the tinny. I, I, I watched that newest 
biography. Um, not the one with the Shawn Michaels on. Um, no, not even that. The fucking mystery treasure thing. And they had with Booker T when he was looking for stuff, and he had to fucking get Stone Cold on Skype with his guy to get the fucking black robe from when Triple H came back. And my first thought was when I saw Triple H, when I saw fucking Austin pop up on um the screen, all I thought was, "Oh hell yeah!" Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that for anyone doesn't know, that was an unfortunate moment where they decided to have Austin on there via Skype, and like right at the end, he ended it, he closed with "Oh hell yeah!" And I think the Skype lagged a little. It did that thing where Skype does you know when it lags, where like the quality, the, the quality, the quality dips so when when, when you're lagging. <laughs> And Dustin caught it. Now the cousin you hear Austin it sounded really it sounded off. <laughs> he was just like, this is Stone Cold Steve Austin. All you hear is oh hunger. And I was like, what the I remember you were like, did they tape that? I was like, was <laughs> Did they tape the oh hell yeah part? It looked and different. Ever since then, it's been like two years. I haven't let it go. Every time somebody pops up on Skype, my first thought, oh hunger. That was the best reaction ever. It looked different than it. They taped the, that they taped the oh hell yeah, like they were just premeditatedly so that whenever they need to him for him to say it, it'll just be a different video clip, different quality of just that part. Right. It, it sounded and looked different. <laughs> I'm yeah, not buying it. Was it. that really him? Are they Max Headrooming Stone Cold Steve Austin? Uh, it's different frames of animation. The frame rate drops. I ended the show with that one liar. Apparently, I guess you started laughing in the background or you muted before you started laughing. I was just like, yep, sticking with it. Yeah, Keith Tom- Thompson says, yeah, we're talking about H.B. Ziggler. I hate that they call it tuning up the band when he's dead. He's not tuning up the goddamn band. Quest Thompson, I mean, yes, at H.B. Ziggler. <laughs> he's tuning oh. up. When he's, he tunes up a different band, where Shawn Michaels tunes up a real band, he kind of pulls a rock. up a recorder. That's what he's doing. He, he pulls a rock from friends, but he's like, you know, I play too, but then he just breaks out the Casio. <laughs> he didn't like he didn't remember that episode that was such a fucking he, he did all the little auto no. <laughs> remember those Casio back in the day you, you'd hit yes. the little auto they'd have like little auto buttons they'd just play beats and shit remember? you know I play some music <laughs> it was like dude this guy just broke out a Casio like that was like the furthest oh. thing from my mind like oh shit <laughs> I didn't know whether to hate him or respect him it was like holy shit this guy said you know I play a little he had the nerve to tell people that shit and then when it was time to perform, he had a Casio. Look at a Casio. It feels like That's something that like, like a, a real heel would do, you know, like an like an MJF type move. That's crazy. I'm fucking talking about Ziggy tuning up the band. I'm like, yo, Shawn Michaels had a whole fucking front line band in New Orleans. This he's tuning had like up the a band. recorder in the and third grade. Ziggler's like, he's he's like, Ziggler's like, he's plugging in the Casio. He's what? Yes. So we're calling him. <laughs> That's what the fuck. Tuning up the bat. Now he's plugging he in the Casio. No, he's plugging in the Casio. Oh, it's <laughs> gold. Oh, my God. <laughs> and yeah, let's talk about it. I almost glossed over it. And you, you, thankfully, because of you and the shade you threw in that direction, we're right back. Because, yeah, I was going to move on to the next match, but you made away. me. I, I almost forgot, and I wouldn't have forgiven myself. Because I did want to talk a little bit about Ziggler being out there. You. Yo, it's so cute that they clearly buy their leather jackets together, as most men do. It brings me back to when I used to go clothes shopping with my male companions, completely healthy heterosexual activity. Nothing wrong with that. Like, think about think about all the times that Marvel and DC characters, the male ones specifically, were in the middle of clothes shopping together when Lex Luthor interrupted them and they had to leave Macy's on some bullshit. That's Ziggler and Rude. With their jackets, <laughs> with their matching jackets that they bought, the his and her jackets, poses, the matching poses. I put this in the. Let me see. Do I have it here? 
Let me see if <laughs> I put this in the uh, in the chat room earlier, and I said when your friend when your friend has you on the two for one special. <laughs> oh, 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 man! What a shit. The only thing he's not doing is swiveling his hips, and I was waiting for him to fucking do it. Oh boy, so funny, what man! What happened to Bobby Roode, yo? He he started hanging out with Dolph Ziggler. God, oh my! I remember once Cool Eyes in the chat room was like, I think I think I can't remember what, what was when Lana started teaming up with Natty. He was like, I guess when you team up with Natty, it makes you a jobber. No, when you team up with Ziggler, that makes you a jobber. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately. All right, let's move the hell on here to the lumberjack match of the Miz being accompanied by John Morrison <laughs> against Damian Priest. Voting results come in with Damian Priest going over according to seventy percent of the community, whereas Miz comes in with thirty percent. Winner of this being anyone that didn't watch. And Damian Priest. Uh the finish is Morrison gets apparently eaten by zombies, and then Priest hits the lights. You heard that right, ladies and gentlemen. He got dragged under the fucking barricade and eaten by zombies. And then Priest hits the lights, and and I don't even know what order to talk about this in because there's so many different things moving here. But Priest hits the lights, and then the zombies look like they ate Miz afterwards. But like commentary is going between being very casual and very uncomfortable with this, which makes it even more uncomfortably casual. But Johnny Morrison getting eaten by zombies. For anyone that didn't see it, here you go. There's Morrison right there. It's so funny that you did that. Because I don't know if you were in the chat room at all today. We could ask everybody there. I shared this little gif here, and I put what the, in the and I put in the uh, the description Kevin Hart's voice. Oh no, he wasn't ready when he wasn't <laughs> ready. <laughs> oh no, like that's what I that's what I thought of when he was going away. Like oh no, you, know what the guy you think of that, and I think of the fucking. I know which one the you fucking, would think it's a fucking gay guys from family guys. Just, eh, yeah. Eh, it's, eh. it's very similar. Oh no, but it's funny. We both went for oh no. Because literally when I saw him go right oh no, he wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he made it look like. Come on, man. After he's like fucking parkour, kung fu fought like six of them. You just go down like a bitch like that. Like, dude, fucking, first of all, worst left for dead team ever. All right. Like, <laughs> Like, motherfucker, pull out the pistols with the unlimited ammo and go save your fucking friend. What are you doing? Oh, my God. And see, this is... This is what I alluded to earlier when I said they should have just left it to commercials. Because nowhere else would have done this shit. For those... It it hit me 100% by the time this shit was over. People wonder why I have a little, I guess you could say, leeway with dumb shit AEW might do, it's because this show's been around probably 40 years before I was was born, and they put zombies on pay-per-view. And commentary was like, there's zombies at ringside. Because they don't know how to do cross-promotion. And then they ate them. Nah, nah, Quest, I don't think Morrison's eaten. Like, for good. (laughs) He's hoping that that... Like, it's like somebody was looking for, like, the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, does that mean he's gone? Like no, I don't think that. Unfortunately, they'll just—they don't care. They don't show care. Tomorrow, they don't care. Unscathed. They're just gonna show them, and they're not even gonna talk. They don't care. The, the promotion's over now. They needed to get the movie over. Which, again, my problem with this, and we talked about this earlier in the chat, is that I don't know who this is for, because 
it can't please the wrestling fans and it certainly doesn't uh do any favors to the army of the dead movie so you just wind up with two demographics both saying oh my god why did they do that you have the people who watch wrestling who don't care and then the people who would watch that movie because again like i said in the beginning of this these zombies are shooting guns and doing things that aren't normal in this movie which is part of the gimmick which i think is silly i don't like the movie personally but at the same time the zombies they put on this show to promote it to cross promote were just the regular kind way too slow for anyone to be killed by even even so like, like even like no continuity like what even season one walking dead characters wouldn't have died here you know and uh yeah when you guys we're talking to you movie, jim zombie just prevented oh my god listen to commentary here Miz now just throwing hands at anything that moves. In the meantime, though, yeah, the Miz and Priest fighting the same enemy. And here's the key for you. You're going to focus on winning the match rather than focus on all these distractions. How do you not focus on zombies, Burke? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I feel like Graves had a moment where he snapped out a gimmick. Like, is this motherfucker just say this on national television? Yeah, Miz, you asshole. Pay attention to the match. What? Yo, if we, I swear to God, if we ever played anything like Gears of War, Left 4 Dead, anything like this, that guy would be the bait. Yeah, I was going to say, the people who don't focus on zombies always die in the beginning of the first season. He gave such shitty, I love here. How do you not focus on zombies, Merc? Again, Miz, you jerk. Take this match seriously. This is all, this all on you, Miss. Which, by the way, they're the heels. It is all on you. All your fault, Miss. Pay attention to the match and not the zombies trying to kill you. I love how Corey Graves. How do you not focus on zombies? And he Corey just gives Graves up. Yeah, you have a good point. I heard that amongst everything, and I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck did he just say? I'm sitting there. And, and you know what the bad part about it is? <laughs> I almost enjoy the ECW zombie even more because they didn't even bother to sell it. They were just like, we know damn well it's not a fucking zombie on this show. We're going to laugh and then move on to the next segment. These motherfuckers on commentary tried to sell it. (laughs) What? Oh, man. Like, if you're going to do cross-promotion, have Batista on on the Stone Cold Skype. Do something. But zombies, out of the blue... When, let's just say, you're watching Raw last week, you're up your first Raw, and you're like, oh, there's going to be a Lumberjack match. This should be cool. And then you see zombies. Because first of all, by the time this match happened, I forgot there was even a Batista movie coming out. <laughs> so it took me until like three quarters of the way through this. No, actually, it took me till the end when fucking Priest, did a, Priest uh, does his archer's taunt and fucking Army of the Dead popped up on the top of the screen. I was like, oh, that's why. Yeah, I personally can't wait. You know how busy my Mondays. I can't wait to have to spend all day tomorrow trying to figure out which one of the fucking zombies has COVID and the identities of all the other zombies that are now in quarantine. And they have so many people out there all over each other. So which, which one of these yeah. zombies is going to be the next Charlotte or Alexa Bliss that main event to WrestleMania? There's going to be the most realistic zombie infection in the history of wrestling and mankind. I hope they they vaccinated their zombies. Well, I don't. I don't really because that's somehow sometimes how zombie movie start so on that dark thought let's move forward yeah smackdown women's title match bianca Belair defending against bailey 
voting results coming in here with Bianca Belair having 64% of your votes as defending her title successfully, whereas Bailey comes in with a 36%, the winner being Bianca Belair going over where Bailey tries to use Bianca's hair and winds up being pinned with the very hair she used with a leg wrapped around with her leg wrapped around in the cover, right? Yeah. She, um, something that she's actually done before because I believe due to, well, I guess a technicality and some of the rules because her hair is part of her attire, she can actually use it. But yeah, she wrapped it up, used it a little bit of extra leverage, and got the pin. Mm-hmm. This is a good match, though. It's not surprising, though. Not shocking at all that this was a good match. Yeah, no, definitely not. Uh, yeah, there was some brutal stuff. I did like Bailey when she planted Bianca Belair on the steps. <sighs> that was nasty. I, I'm still. It's one of the things I can't get away from it, but I just. I we need go. them to get a better finish on that freaking rose plant because it just looks odd. I'm kind of it looks used like it takes it. way too much to set up. Yeah, like I said, I kind of got used to it. Like the only thing I liked about the Bailey to belly is, first of all, I mean, we've seen wrestlers use the belly to belly as a suplex before, but it's like hers always had that kind of like I guess whip effect to it because you just fling people through the air with it. It never convinced me that she can pin somebody with that belly to belly she had before. Honestly, that's one of the things I didn't like about her. You know, I, this isn't great, but I, I, I will take it over what she had. Yeah. I mean, yeah, face playing somebody at the end of the day. I can finish just about anybody in the right situation. I guess I would have just, honestly, I would have just outright gave her the stroke because the stroke just looks like it's a little less complicated. Maybe it's the right word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, so, it looks like it looks, it looks smoother. I think it'd be the right word. By the way, there was this suplex that, uh, Belair did over the rope here looks really good. That bitch is ridiculously strong. Yeah. Amazing like she, strength from her. In the words of freaking Kamar Usman, she is a fucking problem in that division. Yeah, because totally. she's not the smallest. She's not the biggest by any regard, but she's pound for pound probably one of the strongest ones there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And that's what's going to make her a problem as champion because you're going to have to be able to outpower her which you might not be able to do. You're going to have to be able to be faster than her, which is you're not going to be able to do. <laughs> yeah, they had a really solid uh, match here for sure. Also, the, the this whole thing that they, they labeled as the uh, whip and slash. We'll put on the screen in a minute. Is that what they're calling it now? Well, that's what they sh- they shared it out as. But this was just basically her hitting that springboard moonsault or that uh, somersault moonsault, rather. Yeah, it's like a hand, yeah, it's like a hand spring into a, a moonsault. Yeah, I guess you're right. Beautifully transitioned move, though. Probably one of my favorite moves in her arsenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really good looking. As far as Bailey goes, uh, I don't feel like she had as much offense in this match. And I feel like she was on the defense for a lot more of it. Yeah, she had a hard time dealing with Bianca in this match. Mm-hmm. I did think that was great. That, that tope, she crash and burns on that tope suicida that she does. Yeah. Yeah, I look rough. Here it is here if you guys oh. didn't catch it. Yeah, how do you safely take that bump, right? It's not easy. I guess that might almost be the safest way is trying just to land as flat as possible. Fuck that. You got to pay me extra. Maybe they did. Right. (laughs) And like you're going to hit nothing safely. We call it that tope tax. You're just going to hit nothing safely. Motherfucker, if I slam like that. I really with that move. There's no safe way to miss that. But I guess like if you're gonna if you're gonna land in the best way possible, it's gonna just be a dispersed a whole impact. Mm-hmm. So overall, what were your thoughts uh, on this match? Um, I I mean I 
I, I had no doubts going into this match that I was definitely going to enjoy it. Honestly, I want to see them keep this going between these two. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. we have, they already announced during the event that uh, Hell in the Cell is the next pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of, I could see this. I don't know if I could see this getting to the point where it goes inside the cell, but I could see them continuing this on into the next pay-per-view. You think so? It, it's doable. If they do it right, it's definitely doable. But, I mean, they have the elements with these two personalities for sure to do it. Hell in the Cell wasn't always in May, right? Um, that much. It, well, it, it used to be Money in the Bank first. Okay, yeah, I felt like something was a little bit out of place here. Oh, but yeah, there yeah, was brutality on the outside here. Offline, that Money in the Bank wasn't the next one. Hmm. Well, that might be better that they don't always have the same order. I've never, I've never liked there being the traditional order of things as far as these pay per views go. You know. Yeah, mix it up every now and then. Yeah, kind of always. Felt I mean, like it used to be where time. Money in the Bank was the first pay per view after, and then they would bring um they bring the next the pay-per-views before but then they brought backlash back so backlash i feel like the only one that should be in the same spot i mean if they're going to try to promote it as a post wrestlemania post show and he's right yeah. coolest have said hell in the cell was always after SummerSlam. you know yeah they didn't wait did you they decided to throw hell in the cell in early so you think that bianca should continue to feud uh you don't want her to move on to anybody else think it should still um, be bailey i mean she I did mean, both sasha he... and bailey now it's kind of weird that they did their two top girls like what the hell are they gonna do Right. It, it's interesting because I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they moved her on after this. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the next pay-per-view isn't like the grand finale. Yeah. It could go either way, honestly. Wow, Bianca. In your first title defense, you go up against quite the opponent in Bayley, the <laughs> longest reigning SmackDown Women's Champion. But what does this win say about the reign of Bianca Belair? You know, I can say so much. I'll start out by saying this, and I say this with love, but Bailey is a hater, okay? A straight-up hater. I mean, imagine accomplishing as much as Bailey and still finding time to hate on me, but I get it. She says she sees herself in me, but she just wants to be me, the SmackDown Women's Champion. And all I can say is um, fairy tales do exist, and I'm on my way to becoming the longest reigning SmackDown Women's Champion because anything that ends in EST belongs to me because I'm the EST of WWE. So I'm about to go live up my first night as uh, the SmackDown Women's Champion and say fairy tales do exist. I have my first title defense tonight. So ding on that, Bailey. Thank you. And your mama too. Yeah, she had to correct herself there because she said her first, her first time and I was like, no, you're That first part threw me off. Like, I don't know right, she right. That like, can't oh. be right. I know where she was going with that, but yeah, she she got she she got wires crossed on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, this was this feels short and sweet as far as the show goes, but I mean maybe it's better that way. This brings us to the WWE title triple threat match: Bobby Lashley defending the championship in a triple threat against Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. Voting results come in with seventy-two percent of you in the community saying that Bobby Lashley will retain fourteen percent. And 14% remaining double tie with Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. Winner being Bobby Lashley. And uh, they basically gave him the most generic heel finish that you can possibly ever give in a match. It's so generic that a child can literally book it. But Drew hits the Claymore on Braun. But Lashley slides into the uh, ring. Whips Braun to the outside. Uh, hitting the spear, Drew. 
I'm sorry, whoops, Drew to the outside, hitting the spear and going for the three count on Braun. Because Lashley had been missing for maybe several minutes due to a particular spot involved that I think they have officially overstayed that spot's welcome. A few, there was a few things that overstayed their welcome. First of all, Braun Strowman almost died diving off of the ape. And did you catch that shit? Right. Like, what are you doing? I'm going to bring that up for you guys to a. Braun Strowman get, diving I off get, the I apron. I think you a gutsy big man, but there's a line, sir. Yeah, no, there really is a line here. Look at this shit. I don't think I've ever seen him try that. He could have landed on his head the way he rotated over. Oh. It's like there was just something that he... he it almost felt like tonight like he was trying was. as hard as possible I, to I, break I, his head and neck. just now see it to figure out. He was trying to do a cannonball. Yeah, well, he almost broke his neck, you know? All right. Stop that. Yeah. A little bit too much, you know? It's like they want a big man. They don't want you to work as a big man, but then they they're hypocrites because they'll have weird shit like that on there. Say yeah. like you, you say save that for like the die jacks and the Keith Lee's who can actually do that shit properly. You know, when you ain't never tried that day in your life, like what are you doing? There was the spot where, would I believe it was Drew that whipped uh that whole stage spot. Last he threw him through the LED board, which like I said, that's a spot where I remember when seeing that used to be spectacular because it never used to happen. I remember seeing freaking Goldust get electrocuted, and then I didn't see that happen again until freaking Matt Hardy and Edge had to finish their street fight. But yet, we've seen that spot like two or three times in the past year. It looked really good. It doesn't matter how many times you see it. It's possible. It's plausible that something like that can happen. Uh, it matters see, how well it's, it's it out, and it sounded really good. We don't have the audio up on that one here, but that one sounded really good. And I heard a lot of you guys, and I saw it on Twitter as well. Some people were saying that the explosion was more realistic than the AEW ring explosion. Some of you saying that the thing he went through looked more metallic than the bump that Jericho took. All of you are right. It does have a better explosion. The bump is more convincing and the material does look more realistic than anything that AEW's done in their recent poofy spots. But that's not even what bothers me about it. What bothers me about it is that AEW does a lot of hype and building up and a lot of careful planning and strategy and foresight and thought went into uh, both the Jericho bump and the ring exploding. Whereas WWE doesn't even carefully plan that shit. They don't give a fuck. This wasn't something that they did with that level of thought and focus. They didn't even have a kickoff match planned. They literally threw everything together at the last minute. So it's funny because as much as a lot of you were being high on WWE and low on AEW, it's like, oh, look at this WWE puts this together and the thing sounds good and the thing looks good and AEW does it. And but I'm thinking the saddest part is the WWE, they didn't put nothing together, man. That's just how that is. They just have a bunch of stuff around. And if they decide to use it, it's prepared because their production is so polished that it carries itself. This is something that we've always talked. Some people have debated that WWE is overproduced. When you look at their graphics, their transitional graphics, their on-screen stuff, uh, their sets, everything, it is polished. And it is a lot of it is automated and a lot of it is prepared and a lot of the stuff is out there just in case, man. At the end of the day, um, to me, the saddest part, I won't spend too much time on it, but I, I thought about what you guys said and you're all right. But to me, the biggest observation to take away from this is that WWE is not even trying. AEW, they're all going and they're putting their thinking caps on. They're getting out their number two pencils and shit, you know, and they're really trying and they're giving you these poofs. WWE, this just happens to be the way things run, which is why Destin was able to point out that we've seen this spot three times recently. 
successfully, I might add, all three times without anything going wrong. And you know what? I'll venture to say that the last two times WWE also didn't give a fuck and wasn't thinking about it. And a lot of people in creative, I'm not even sure if everybody even knew. I don't even think they talk about it. In WWE, you think that they go backstage after having a pay-per-view like this and they think about the explosion spot? They forgot about that shit already. It's a footnote. In AEW, it's the goal a lot of the time. So it just goes to show you different objectives, you know? And maybe it's just me. I'm not thinking about what... I'm not thinking about a spot from weeks and months ago during this shit. Maybe I'm just one of the kind of people... Like, when when Raw's on, even though it hurts, I'm only thinking of Raw. When AEW's on, only thinking of AEW. Hell, there was a UFC pay-per-view not long ago. And I think it was... It might have been Willie that messaged me. He was like, is this better than Raw? And I'm like, I'm not thinking about Raw during this. When AEW's on, they're not even thinking about AEW. I haven't seen an AEW in months where they haven't done a Raw parody. We'll talk about it tomorrow, but this uh, this week it was, I love you, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like, every fucking week. These guys, these guys don't even think it. They, th- they talk about WWE more than we do. <laughs> you know? They need to focus on finding out who the hell WWE is hiring to make sure that shit explodes and falls apart correctly. You know, the wrong part of the company is falling apart. But I digress. Uh, you got this triple threat match going on. It was a good big man match. It definitely, it definitely worked in that sense. Drew McIntyre at one point hits a Michinoku driver on oh, Braun Strowman. I don't even know how. You know that to me is really crazy. I'm gonna bring it up on the screen for you guys here. Man, we got too many buttons on this. Yeah, th- this was impressive. This um, look at that. I Holy didn't actually shit. expect him to pull something like that before. I don't that's think I see him do that. That's what happens when your big guys are are athletic. And fucking you know? fearless, because if I'm Strowman size, ain't nobody doing this shit to me. Yeah, right. And you go hit Strom- me with a what? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of spots. You see what I mean? His head and neck were like always at risk throughout this entire match. You know, I couldn't help but notice that. I was like, man, this guy's head and neck are constantly in jeopardy. And at one point, he goes for his stupid train spot, and freaking Drew catches him and belly to belly him, and he lands on like the back of his head and the shoulders. Yeah, yeah, that was the, the, that's the third time. That is the third time in this match that this guy winds up on his freaking on his on his head and shoulders, essentially. You know, I don't know what the deal was here. You know, is he trying to hurt himself? Like, who's suggesting that he do these weird spots? Because I don't think he should. Anyway, thoughts on the match? I mean, it was clear Strowman was only in this match to take the pin. So I guess they can, for whatever reason, keep the Lashley and Drew thing going. Because, oh, you didn't pin me, Lashley. And it's like, oh. I mean, but yeah, the match, it was a good big man match. Kind look of at that double team. Look how, look how long they kept them up shit. there. That's crazy, That is fucking right? dangerous. You know, see, that's cool stuff when you get these guys all in the ring together. You know, it doesn't, it, it's not, it doesn't have to be all flippy and crazy and spot fest. This is how you work a good big man match and still make it work, you know. This has all of the elements of something that you will want from something on us. I, I find little to complain about as far as that part of it goes. That aspect of it works. Yeah, this was yeah, that that worked perfectly. And Lashley is a convincing champion, you know. Yeah, like the, the, the he presentation drastically from when we used to complain about him every week. Yeah, well, the packaging, the, the packaging of, of Bobby Lashley, they put a lot of effort into, and it definitely helps get him over. You look at that fireman's carry here. You know, it looks really solid and gets reversed into the push into the ring post. Like I said, nothing looks boring. You see, you can't have people like Lesnar and Goldberg around him. I see, and there's that spot that we were scared of, that terrifying freaking spot once again. I didn't catch it the first time. Yeah. 
it's been better with them not here. Oh yeah, much better. If they were doing this all along, they might have had something. You know, they might have been able to get some of these guys over sooner. Yeah, but I think when it comes to what's next for these guys, um, no more of this Strowman push shit. It's not working. I've seen the end result. It doesn't work. <laughs> if he's going to try to jump back into the world title picture, he needs to do more than just throw Shane McMahon off a cage. Also, before I forget this power bomb, I thought was really cool. He power bombs Drew through the freaking announce table. Oh, yeah, because uh, he catches him out of the Claymore. Yeah, straight into a power bomb. That looks really solid. Like I said, good stuff. Very good stuff. They did big man shit tonight. So. Yeah, a lot of big man stuff. And none of it looked... But, but again, the only part, the Strowman stuff, where he's where he's rotating over and landing on his neck, he's a little too big for somebody. They're going to wind up... And if, the, if all that weight drops on his neck one day, they're going to regret this. You know? So, again, that is a big concern of mine. And what would you do with Braun if you weren't going to have him in any big man matches or, or like have him in any main event stuff? I mean, first of all, push him down the card first. Mm-hmm. And then, if he's going to get back in that universal title picture, it's going to have to be a fucking climb. Like, you're, like, kill this whole, hey, I was universal champion for a cup of coffee when I beat Goldberg in the performance center in front of fucking nobody. Like, if he's going to do this shit, it needs to be earned, not thrown back in there just because he's a big guy. Because they've... So far, all we've had is underwhelming championship runs from him. We had, he had, like, what, three or four tag title runs that meant nothing. He had that IC title run that people barely freaking remember. And then he was universal champion, and it was, like, it was just a whole bunch of craziness with Bray. Like, if I'm booking Braun Strowman, like, it needs to be gradually working way back up. And not in these little bullshit feuds that don't mean anything. Like, if you're going to have him in a feud, have him in a feud. He were things that kind of look like it matters, but they got they got to go back to the drawing board with him because like nothing about him convinces me right now. He just sounds like big and whiny for no reason. <laughs> and what will you do next to Bobby Lashley? Who now Lashley? That's an interesting one because I mean, at first I get him away from him and Drew, like him Drew, like he like he needs to be nowhere near Strowman or Drew right now. Find some kind of way. Just whether it be a gauntlet, a battle royale, something just to get him a new challenger. Like maybe, maybe somebody he hasn't even fought yet. Because, I mean, there's there's a lot of guys on that roster we haven't even seen him wrestle. So it's kind of like it's a different breed from when he was when he originally debuted. So I don't know. I give it a little bit of time, kind of weed, weed through some of the top guys and see if you could find him a new challenger. You have any preference of person? See, that's, that's, that's the really hard part. I'd almost, if, if it wasn't for the fact that Riddle was in, um, in a tag team with Orton, I'd have thrown one of them at him just because it'd be a different kind of a look. But it's kind of weird because um, we'll probably want to get into it on Monday. Two of their top guys are now in tag teams. So it's a little, it's a little, little tricky to kind of find like a, they'd, they'd almost have to kind of bring somebody up from the mid card. And I told you last Monday, I think it was, that I, my, I'm a, I'm really behind. I hope they have Damian Priest be a top person, not necessarily immediately, but I think he's someone you can push as a top guy. I just don't want them to rush him if he's on a slow burn. I wouldn't mind seeing a bit of a mid-card run with him, but that's, to me, a guy I'd like to see in the main event. If we're going to keep big men that are athletic and agile, I'd like to see Damian Priest as a champion in WWE. 
Oh yeah, if there was anybody who was deserving of a good run, like if if I'm booking them right now, tomorrow night that belt's coming off Sheamus and going on Priest because I'm tired of the non-title open challenge fuck shit. Like no, kill that. Yeah, I don't but, know what they're yeah, doing with that. Or and even something... even Keith Lee could have been someone with a mid card title right now. We don't need Sheamus, you know. And if you're gonna give me Sheamus, make Sheamus defend the fucking title. Yeah, that's you're talking about that the, the legacy of the open challenge. You know what the legacy of the open challenge was? They defended the goddamn title. Yeah, and no, I don't think that Bro- um, Bobby Lashley has wanted Brock Lesnar for a long time. I don't. I think it would be good for Lashley, bad for Lesnar. Unless Lesnar's just gonna come and do the honors for fucking Lashley and just go over because we don't need Lesnar to have another run. I don't even want to see that in any capacity. I'm tired of seeing Brock. I'm tired of seeing Brock do fuck all for two years and then come back and get him a title. And I think if you bring or back people like shot. yeah, and if you bring back people like Lesnar and Goldberg, you're diminishing the quality of the main event scene matches once again. Because right now the standard for the main event matches is better. We're talking here about the championship being good, the WWE World Championship having a good match tonight. You're not going to get a match that level out of Goldberg and Brock. So, right. I think it will be, be better. Finisher City, and they win. They got to keep it innovative, and they got to keep Lashley having other interesting opponents. Is the way this will work. What's What's great about Lashley's run is seeing him push through and survive all of these different challenges. Not seeing him take six Germans, three F fives, kick out and spear him ten times. Like that former is dull and tired. The best MVP. The, the, Okay. The thing that's been the best about maybe the past what year or so is that we haven't had Brock here. Yeah, we haven't I had over here. We haven't had just finisher city all match long. Like it's been awesome. The Keep almighty Bobby Lashley, still the WWE champion. And still Exactly. And still very well said. Now, an incredibly impressive match out there against two other colossal talents here at WWE. Was there any moment specifically when you went through the stage that you thought maybe one of them would walk out with the title? No, no, there's never a moment. But aside from all this, you know, I've been busting my ass for a long time. It's time for me to celebrate, man. We put in the work. I did everything that we said we were going to do. Master strategist right here. Uh, Now it's it's time to celebrate. Listen, the champ has proven time and time again that he is the almighty WWE champion. There's not a harder working man in the industry. If you go to his Instagram and you see the workouts that he posts, mortal men would drop and die. But again and again and again, he's defended that title and he has shown the world that he is the almighty WWE champion. So I think it's now time for the champion to enjoy the fruits of his labors, right? Backstage here doing a little business, but look, I've got everything lined up. I've got your trip. Uh, I've got, well, let's just say tomorrow, I've got some surprises for you. My man. Take a little time off. And still, the almighty WWE champion. Congratulations and enjoy. We will. (laughs) I got you, champ. They got to tune in to Raw to find out what the surprise is. Maybe maybe Bobby Lashley's uh, sisters are going to show up. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't you ever put that fucking evil on me, Ricky Bobby. We were your sisters back. First of all, one of us in AEW. Don't you fuck that up. I keep forgetting that. You keep reminding me of that shit. Yes, because the day I figured it out, I can't unsee it. See, I told you I forget dumb shit. <laughs> I saw uh, that and I was like, whoo, you got out there by the skinny OT, son. Oh, man. All right. Well, 
we're almost out of here, guys, because now comes the WWE Universal Championship match. Roman Reigns defending the title against Cesaro. The community voting results come in with 84% of you feeling that Roman Reigns will retain. 16% of you saying Cesaro will have the upset. Winner to this, I mean, of course, was Roman Reigns choking out Cesaro. Cesaro fought his ass off, but got choked out the guillotine. Mm-hmm. What I like and, uh, about that, though, is what happened directly after, because Cesaro snapped back to life. It's kind of like we talked about before. He lost time, so he didn't realize what happened. Yeah. The last thing he remembers is being in the guillotine. He wakes up, and I was like, no, you passed out. Yeah, it was it was definitely uh, definitely different. I mean, they might have even pulled that off of the MMA thing happening, because I noticed that whenever something like that happens in like a mainstream contact sport, they'll do something very similar to that. Also, uh, Rollins comes out, and there's like a bit of a tease. It didn't fool me, but they're like nose-to-nose with Roman Reigns after this match. And essentially what winds up happening is Rollins takes revenge for all the swings, and he destroys Cesaro's arm with a chair after beating the hell out of him. He puts his arm into a chair, slams it against the corner, and I guess Cesaro's on break. So everybody who thought you were going to be getting the Cesaro run, I would assume it's going to end now. Because his right arm, which is essentially where 90% of his offense comes from, just got smashed into a chair. So the best you're going to hope for is that he's not written out for the time being. And that he's just going to be someone who can't do most of his shit that keeps losing matches. Oh, they didn't give him a push. They gave him an excuse to keep losing now. Because can't hit the EU uppercut with one fucking arm. So there's your push. Well, I have at least what I would have done. Because I think I know where this might possibly go. Because throughout the whole night, we had uh, Jimmy basically shit-talking Roman to his brother. I think where this is going to go, the last time Roman was at Hell in a Cell, he beat the shit out of Jay and in a sense almost virtually put him in line. I think this year he's going to do the same thing to Jimmy. And what we're going to get, that attack at the end was to give us Cesaro and Seth to finish their, um, their feud inside hell in a cell like i I think i think those i think that might be the two cell matches this year yeah maybe that would be interesting i guess they have all the groundwork to do it so i just don't think that they needed to have cesaro's arm get broken or crushed in a chair as the end of that yeah to go into him having anything like that you know they could have done without that Mm -hmm. uh yeah i mean as far as the match goes i don't want i mean with this this show's always been uh catering towards regular watchers so i'm not going to sit here and show you highlights of the very eu uppercut as they used to call in the indies with the pop-up freaking uppercut and uh the springboard corkscrew elbow that he does and all that obviously you've all seen that shit a thousand times so that's some of the stuff that he does here he only breaks out that uh corkscrew planche every now and then and he did that i believe so i'll show that yeah i hadn't i I can't remember the last time i've seen him do that like that that was nice to see Mm-hmm. Yeah, good looking form. So, I mean, we've always said Cesaro is one of the better wrestlers, you know. Like, there's oh, no yeah. question about that. He laid that stomp that he hits in good tonight. Yeah, totally. Like, he stuff. laid Roman. He laid Roman down, and Roman ate every bit of that shit. You know, at one point we heard from Melser, I believe Wrestling Observer Radio was saying that the reason why Cesaro signed his new contract is he was told his function now is going to be to elevate other stars, and I mean, honestly, that's what he's been doing ever since. It doesn't seem like that's not true. You know. So that's very unfortunate. 
Uh, Roman's cocky as always in this match at one point, and they seem to keep taunting Daniel Bryan. He he taunts. He does some of Daniel Bryan's submission style stuff. He he calls it DB style. You know, he's like he literally is talking to the camera. He's like, "We're gonna do a DB style." And he does it. He does a DB Damn. style for the whole match, and he's taunting the shit out of him doing it. Look at him here. There he is. He's having a blast being DB. He says, Daniel Bryan, your boy. <laughs> what a master. Oh, that is the most shit-eating grin. I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, Roman is incredible. They've always needed this to just be able to have the creative freedom of not having to read the shitty scripts that they give them and let him just be a natural. Like, now he's comfortable. Do now he gets shitty angles with the shitty solution, the shitty shit. Yeah, now that he's comfortable, now he can do whatever. You know? And they can't afford to tell him no. No, they really can't. But I do like when um Roman got him in that guillotine. You saw that last ditch effort of Cesaro using that power. And I like how this went because I've seen this happen in mixed martial arts fights. He tried to slam his way out of the guillotine. And the problem with that is that is the ultimate risk and reward because, yeah, because he, it doesn't he almost, work. It takes all your power. And you want you can wind up DDTing yourself. Yeah. Like it, it's a because if you, if you don't DDT yourself, you use probably all the strength you had left to try to do it, and it's like that's the worst scenario when it doesn't work. I've seen yeah. guys try a power bomb they wear a triangle choke and it's not work, and you see that old fuck moment. Yeah, and I and I like the fact that um, at least they had Cesaro put up a really good fight, and it did make Roman. It does help Roman look good, you know. Roman's having some of the best matches of his career now. When you really think about it, we can't ignore just because we don't like everything that's going on. We can't not acknowledge the improvements and change. The main event scene for both championships looks much better. Oh, yeah. you know what I mean? I feel like, like this both is titles actually matter. Whether it's how you like it, it's not perfect. Everything's more competitive than it was a year ago by far. This is way better. Uh, and Cesaro is a better candidate. It's something that we thought. These are people who we thought should get pushed. It may not be ideal, but it definitely I have no problem with what's going on on SmackDown. You know, I can definitely say that much. Oh, yeah. Oh. And it, it was perfect to have Cesaro pass out because it was a case of Roman couldn't put him away. So with the old adage, you can have as much fight as you want, but if you can't breathe, that's it. Yeah, exactly. No, As Mr. Miyagi would say, no air, no life. There you go. <laughs> no air, no life. Breathe, Daniel, son. No, no air, no life. <laughs> and... Unfortunately, he learned that the hard way. But I thought it was really good. Both of those title matches held their own in different ways, and it was different style. And that's something that WWE is able to do better than anyone else. Where even, whether you like it or not, you have to take their stuff and break it down segment like by segment because nothing feels the same. Where there are other shows where you have five or six things in a row that feel like it was all part of the same thing when it isn't. You know, they're able to keep everything separate and they're trying to hit every demographic. Doesn't always work. I feel in this case, uh for the pay-per-view, it seems to have been really solid. And yeah, this sort of elevates the feud, like you said. Uh, Cesaro, which I still stand by my there goes your push, because let's say you're right about the Hell in a Cell and everything like that. So obviously he's feuding with Rollins now. But that puts them both out of the main event scene, you know? That just yeah, gets them out I mean, of the they've way. Had a, they've had an off-and-on feud for the past couple of months, so I see like Hell in a Cell maybe being the finale of it. Yeah, very possibly. What an incredible event. WWE WrestleMania Backlash, you guys. Incredible. Top to bottom. Just off the charts. Amazing performances all around. And what an ending to the show. I want to thank you guys for all your support, all your love. 
I'm okay. I had a lot of people tweeting me asking me if I was all right. I am fine. <laughs> Things are looking up, guys. Thank you all for your support. I love you so much. I will see you on Friday. Friday Night Smackdown. Gonna be a big night in the Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> what a bastard. Yo, he's such an ass. What a bastard. <laughs> that is nuts. Oh, boy. But yeah, so Rollins, now we know where that feud is going. And uh, yeah, that'll definitely be interesting. And Roman stays on top. What's next for Roman? Whew, I mean, he's going to have to get Jimmy in line. So Yeah, he totally will. Yeah. So do you imagine that's the feud, right? Jimmy versus Jay? I'm telling you, I could see them replicating what he and Jay went through last year. Or it could be Roman versus uh, Jimmy with Jay sort of having to be conflicted in the middle. They could go that route. Yeah. But the thing is, neither one of those things puts a risk at Roman because they're not going to have either one of them take the title from him, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Roman's good either way. Yeah, pretty much. Excuse me, Roman, I'd like to get a word with you. I bet you would. Uh, yes, Mr. Heyman, Cesaro gave Roman just about everything he had tonight, but Roman was still able to walk out of WrestleMania Backlash as the Universal Champion. Was there ever a moment when you thought tonight would end any differently? Who hired her? Are you flirting with me? Are we supposed to act vulnerable around you now? Is that, that the thing? Roman Reigns <laughs> is the end-all, be-all. He's the head of the table. He's the tribal chief. He's the reigning, defending, undisputed, uncontroverted WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion. Cesaro was a qualified opponent, but he's not a champion. That distinction belongs Yeah, they're very good together. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I just love how Roman just kept walking. Yeah, right. He's no soul that he's like, Dude, I'd like an interview. I bet you would. All right, well, is that it? Are we done here? We did pretty good. Yeah, make good time. Yeah, I think we talked about everything, right? We literally hit every point. Fantastic. We, we hit every we hit every point of the night, and we talked about the zombies. Hey, we even talked about the zombies. That's what everybody was most looking forward to, right? unbelievable anyway that being said guys thank you uh and don't forget tomorrow night uh as usual our weekly what are we going to be episode 456 of talk brunch live year seven i believe we're in who's counting really monday nights 11 30 p.m eastern standard time following monday night raw we will all be here and of course uh, throughout the rest of the week we're gonna have a bunch of other stuff but let's start there we're gonna go over the weeklies and we're gonna talk about the dirt sheets we're gonna go over everything that happened on aew and nxt and with the impact wrestling pay-per-view maybe some of the stuff that happened on the ufc pay-per-view this past weekend uh so definitely hang out with us there you're not gonna want to miss any of that also, thank you, of course, to everyone who's been hanging out, in, out with us in that live stream across all of the various chat rooms, including Willie V2, P, Pease Myers, R.E.B. Gamer, Six Slayer, K.A.C., Stasis Streams, Cool Ice, Cabigon, St. Clinton, King Quest, Quest Thompson, also on Facebook, uh, George, Brahamas Prime, as well as all of you that are listening across all of the various podcast apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, uh, Podcast Addict, and everywhere else, TalkBrunch.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Talk Brunch Live. And this has been your WWE Backlash WrestleMania 2021 post show, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dyer, aka Captain Brunch. For myself and Destin Soglow Frazier, we're out of here. Oh, hell yeah.
Shut it down.